Hello. Oh, hello, Merlin. How are you doing today? Hi, Dan. How are you today? <laughs> I'm okay. You know, it's one of those uh, busier days. You just seem they just seem to sneak up on you. You think? Well, you should not have those. Have fewer of those. I'm gonna work on it. I'm gonna make. Are that you? Happen. I don't really think you are. I think you're one of those people that likes to be busy. I do like to be busy. I don't like to be busy on other people's terms. Does that mean you know what I mean? Like it's fine if I stack mm. a day full of stuff, but if if it's mm-hmm. what somebody else wants me to do on their time frame that I don't like as much. Huh. I uh I have a lot to say about that. I'm guessing you have some more so some topics this week. You, I do. you got topics this week? I have a Good. I have a topic. Okay, I'll make it quick. Uh this is a tent pole for me and it's yeah. because I'm a I don't know. I think sometimes words can be a useful way to understand our world. And I think it's very understandable that the word busy has evolved to take on different meanings. You know, I bet, you know, there was a time where like, I don't know if you were a fry cook in the twenties, like a <laughs> breakfast place, right, well, no, sure. no, no. but seriously, I'm just trying to say that I don't think it's, I don't think it's a new phenomenon. Probably caveman Gronk probably had days that were very busy. What with mending up the wounds and avoiding the the wildlife and stuff. And and there are certainly times in our all of our lives where we're busy, whether we want it or not. The, my concern with that word busy, and this is not directed at you unless it is, I, I mean this at myself and at the world, is yeah. that busy at a certain point became, well, let me just make it quick. At, at a certain point, busy became something almost like a badge of honor. Uh, where you'd say to people, oh, yeah, things are, how's it going? Like every time, okay, here's the thing. I, 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 I go to a local lady who cuts my hair. And, uh, and she, she's awesome. And she just gave me a great haircut last week. And every time I sit down in her chair, she says, busy? And I go, because, <laughs> well, no. And the exhaling is, no, no, I'm not being, I don't think I'm being a jerk. It's just, it's exactly the same thing. She asks me because it's exactly the same thing she asks every other person, and I think I know why. Yeah. She says to me, "Let's go ahead and spoil the ending." She says to me, "Are you busy?" And I was like, "Not really." Uh, you know, pretty much the same. And, and you know, various times she's not a native English speaker, and I'm not a native Mandarin speaker, so we get by with pointing and grunting. And she's very sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I go, "No, I'm not." You know, what I don't say is. The really privileged thing of saying, well, I've tried to organize the principles around my life about around not being busy. Now, the problem is in the 80s or 90s or whenever you want to date it to, when it first became a badge of honor to be busy, mm. um, it wasn't very long before I think a lot of people got kind of addicted to at least saying they're busy. And the longer they said they were busy, the more uh, the more they got accustomed to whether or not they were technically busy, they found a way to seem very busy all the time. And I don't mean just make work, although that's part of it. I don't mean just, I think there's a certain attitude you get when you're always busy that we need to keep an eye on. Everybody gets busy. Sometimes you have a baby mm-hmm. and you don't get to sleep. And it's like, oh my God, this sucks. And like, I really want to be present for this, but my brain is just fried and it doesn't stop. And you don't know that one of the things we learned in our childbirth class, and I'm so glad we took, uh, well, that wasn't about the childbirth. That's a pretty natural phenomenon, mostly. But the uh, but the, the idea of like, you know, all the stuff you're, you think you're ready for, you may not be ready for, I can't 
everybody who's had a kid will tell you, I cannot make this any easier for you, or I can't make it any less difficult or complex or busy for you. But I, one of the things you need to be prepared for, I don't know if you remember this, hearing this before we had a kid, it didn't make it better, but it was so good to hear. Your kid will sleep eventually. Um, there are times <laughs> when it seems like your kid will never sleep oh, again. Yeah. Maybe they're what, what I've heard called col colicky, but all babies get sad. And we had a list on our refrigerator of the seven S's, I think it was, the seven title, the seven things that you just keep trying in a loop until something gets better. Your kids, is the kid hungry? Is the, has the kid soiled themselves? Is the kid like, you know, a baby can't talk to you. But here's the thing that killed me that turned out to be so true. Your baby will go to sleep but you don't know if that's going to be for five minutes or 15 hours. Right, right. So you have no way to plan anything. There are people who think, oh, you can plan a, a, a surgery the same way you can plan a wedding and you're not really planning a wedding because you never know if, you know, Uncle Rufus is going to be there, like, you know, have a few. But the busy part of that is like you are, there's no questioning the fact that busy can be a fact of life at times in our lives. There's absolutely no question about that. Well, the first thing I'm pushing back on, not again, not against you, but I just think this this was useful for me and it might be useful for one of our listeners. Mm -hmm. Pushing back on this idea that the escalation over time, maybe some folks in their 20s just like grew up with this you know, side hustle and grind. And yeah, I know people have to have multiple jobs and it sucks. And this is, this is coming admittedly from a place of privilege until so you realize it's a privilege you ought, ought to start availing yourself of, which is that don't think that busy is a badge of honor. That's only a badge of honor to people who have not gotten the gospel about how you don't need to always be busy. So I'll skip forward a little bit to just the part that's really important to me. And, and like I said at the top, this is a word thing, but it's a critical word thing. I know you've heard this, but somebody out there hasn't. In my opinion, there's a big difference between being time-constrained and being busy. Okay. Mm -hmm. So what what is that distinction? Well, is it that's that a distinction without a difference? Well, to a lot of people, but I could very well clap back at some people who aren't actually all that busy. Or are you busy with something that's actually a critical of critical path importance in your life? And does that seem very self-involved to even ask that question? Because everyone's so busy. And like you better tell Judy you're busy. Judy asked that of everybody for a reason. And that's because people love saying, ah. Oh! so busy right now. Oh my goodness. I'm, whether it's a Lyft driver or Judy or somebody at the coffee place, sometimes they'll say, oh yeah, it's crazy. Just because, you know, as Stuart Lee would say, you know, for a quiet life. But uh, I think it's so valuable, especially when you're far enough along to start noticing these kinds of distinctions, to unlearn some of the shit that has been piled on you your whole life. You are inadequate all the time. You are not working hard enough. Dan, you're not working up to uh, working out your, to, to your full potential. You it's true. That. No, it's true. Just always remind people, especially children, that they're they're very disappointing. And so you have to tell people you're busy. And now you have to act busy. And maybe you are busy. And if you are busy, here's the thing that I have to say to you. Well, let me let me let me let me finish up on time constraint and then I'll have a third one. Time constraint is something everybody has to deal with. And that means there's times I have to leave places or I leave, let's just, there's times I have to leave and there's times I have to arrive. 
And there are times when that becomes, again, maybe with a baby, maybe with a new job, you know, maybe it's the first time you ever took the bus to get to this job, but it took longer than you expected. And like, you have to like account for that. Mm -hmm. And there are certainly financial reasons. I've said this a million times. It sucks that so many people have to have more than one job because the overhead of having more than one job is much greater than the overhead of having one job. And so it's kind of time constraint, meaning like, yes, accept the fact that you are time constrained, which could mean something like the one I used to say a lot, and you've certainly heard, I've heard from you, is like, hey, I have a hard out at this time because mm -hmm. I have to pick up my kid and I have to account for, account for how long it takes to get there. It's weird how parenting keeps coming up, but that's maybe part of what helped me to realize this. Everybody's time constrained. But that also means that like it helps to be like on time for things and it and it really helps to prepare for things and it helps to account for the fact that the bus might take longer than you like. You're not allowed to consistently over years and years and years be mad at a bus because you're busy. Okay. So time constraint, I won't go too much further into it, but time constraint versus busyness. I, I think that's valuable to think about. Um and, and I am literally just quoting myself from the wisdom document here, but I think this is a really good one. The final thing, third thing, learning that difference, you know, between being busy and being time constrained, just as a thought technology to turn over in your head. This is not, this is nothing anybody has to do, but it's something I'd like for people to at least think about. What if time constraint was an immutable fact of life or in particular, I guess, an immutable fact of uh, Western culture, adult life? If you've got a job, you got to be there, like, or or not, whatever. But everybody's got that. Time constraint is not negotiable. Could be. Let's just take a. Here's one: jury duty. If you get called for jury duty, you need to be there on time. You need to be there as long until they say you're allowed to go, and you may not know when that is. That is, to me, a very good example of time constraint. Now, what if you, you're time constrained about jury duty while you're busy? Well, tough luck. You just got busier, unless. Unless, unless you find a way to understand that distinction. Because if you're time constrained rather than busy, you can find things to do. You can find ways to, if you like, fill the time. That's not the way I think of it, but that's a part of the beauty of getting things done. The, the book by David Allen is this idea that like most work that comes to knowledge workers is not planned work. If you really think it like think about the micro use of your day, you're probably dealing with stuff that's coming up. You can plan, you plan in big ways, you plan in small ways, but as a knowledge worker, it's our job to build the highway while we're driving down it every day. And some days it's useful to ask yourself, is this even the highway I need to be on? So third and finally, and then, then we'll wrap up this part, but I think I, this is why we have this show. Um, is it possible as a thought technology to consider Merlin's crazy idea that time constraint <laughs> is not negotiable? And that busyness might be a clue about management errors. And I'm not just saying time management, although that's the obvious one. It could be attention management. It could be person management. But what if, for the sake of argument, you not you, but we all reevaluated how busy we are based on this, this idea of like, am I busy because I managed poorly? I used to be busy a lot because I managed very poorly always turning things in late, always stressed out until like a lot of people, I kind of became an addict. 
or at least I became somebody who had decided that that's just how he was. Right. And a lot of people who were late for everything, a lot of people who turn everything in late or were shoddy, love that little adrenaline shot, that little dopamine shot of like, oh, oh I pulled it off and I didn't die. And that's, that is a, a procrastinator's addiction in some ways. <laughs> so what I'm saying to you, the listener whom I love, is consider that, consider whether or how, just in your mind, busyness is a result of a management error, an earlier management error that you could learn from. So in the case of our person who's going to be a bar back and takes the bus there the first day and it took longer than they thought, well, will they repeat that over and over and over? Well, I don't know. On one level, you go like, hey, my boss is going to be bummed if I'm not there on time. I'm time constrained, right? You are, you're time constrained, right? But like when you're busy, well, you can't do more than one thing at once. Sometimes you can be more than one thing at once, but like time is not immutable. It's, it's, it's not mutable. It's not like, or pausable for that matter. It's not even fast forward or reversible really with our current technology. Um, but if you ask yourself, could I have made this less, at least stressful by managing earlier and better, a world starts to open up that will be, unless you're Merlin Mann, hmm. is going to be almost like a secret shame because you're going to go, <laughs> oh man, I am running around so hard to do this stuff. And I, I, maybe your first realization is I'm not managing my time well. But if you really lean into it and interrogate it, you will almost always discover you're also not managing your attention well. And, you know, as we've QED, that's those are those are interlocking resources. Time is how we spend our existence, and attention is what we put our attention on. Time is the expenditure of the result of attention. And spending time on something, then we'll subsequently also tell you what to pay more attention to. But if you really keep digging and get super hippie about this, that's where you find out if you've been building the wrong highway just because you like driving fast. And so that, that's, that's been really, really helpful for me. And it's not something most, I hate to say younger people, but it's not something everybody will be able to do because everybody's got their reasons. And I, I, you're, you're busy. everybody's busy. I know everybody's busy. But I'm, this is why I'm saying it's just a thought technology. It's just a thought experiment. It doesn't have to hurt. But could your life be better if you accepted time constraint and then understood that busyness is actually a temporary condition, should be a temporary condition that arises out of a management error? Like not knowing how long it takes to the bus to, to to be on the bus, or you know, not knowing how long it takes to microwave a meal, or or whatever it is, because I think there's a quality of life gain available to the person who's willing to be honest with him or herself about how much of our busyness comes out of a badge of honor, or addiction, or habit, or just out of the fact that hey, guess what? From now on, I get to, hey, can you can you come to my can you come to the bris? <laughs> and you go, I'd love to come to the bris. I'd love to, I'd love to help hold the wiener, except I'm so busy right now. And that becomes this catch-all that we we just machine gun at everybody around us because we're so busy. And they go, well, don't bother him. He's busy. And that's why when well, people yeah, say, oh, I mean, and, and, and saying that you're busy gives you that. If, if someone says, oh, how are you? Oh, you know, I'm, I'm really busy. Oh, well, then I won't, I won't burden you with this additional And how thing. could you challenge somebody <laughs> on that in, this, in the culture, in, at least in which I live? How could you even gently challenge somebody about that without sounding like a, a real jerk? 
you're what wait wait you were really busy the last 10 times we talked we, we said oh, i have a startup and it's it's really difficult because we're really trying to like nail the logo down and uh we're working on our z round and it's like oh yeah well that's wow it seems like you do that over and over and over almost like you can't stop doing it and it makes you emotionally inaccessible and it makes you not very fun and and that's why you know i don't do it anymore with judy like Stuart Lee says, for a quiet life, I'll just say, yeah, busy. It's crazy because that's just easy social lubricant, so to speak. <laughs> but for yourself in your quiet time, in your repose, when you're thinking about this, maybe ask yourself how much of your life is about some form of time constraint versus how much of your life is about busyness. You cannot manage. You can manage time constraint. You can't eradicate it. And if you can find a way to at least consider, what if you decided to be, a, just how about this for an exercise? What if you decided to be just a little less busy? Well, the beauty part is you said the most busy people are like, ah, that's the <laughs> point. I have, there's too much to do. And I'm like, well, if you have too much to do all the time, how do you expect that to work out without you on an operating room table? So anyway, that's why I toss it out. And I share it with, with, with you. And with our friends, because it's been very useful to me. Now, the, the downside of that is you do become, you know, that's fine for Merlin person by saying, well, no, I actually, I build in enough time to everything I do um, to account for, to the extent possible and, and reasonable. I, I think you're like this, right? Like, if you know you got to go somewhere and park, don't you sort of like add extra time? Yeah, of course. If we're going to a show, this has happened numerous times where we go to a rock show with the family or we go see a play or something. And it's like, well, we assumed the parking lot would be open mm. uh, under Civic Center. And we assumed that the parking lot wouldn't be full. And that assumption uh, suddenly made us very busy because right. now the kid's freaking out about not getting to see Ricky Montgomery. And we're like, honey, you're going to get to see for the second time. You know, you're going to get to see Ricky Montgomery, but like, we're going to have to find a place to put the car. And then hopefully you, with hope, you hope will learn from that. But like the tiny quality of life improvement that one might choose to eke out is to start becoming a little more picky about how busy you have to be um, and, and how much that has to be a necessary condition of your life rather than something you can manage. Does that make any sense? No, that makes perfect it's sense. Yes. It's great. It's great. Have you had, you've must have had times in your life where you felt like I'm I'm just not even going to make it through this week. I'm so damn busy. Oh yeah, and I mean that's the thing. It's like back I I cherish like time where I don't have to do anything. And I was actually talking to somebody last week, and they were saying, you know, I was I was able to go and take a break in the middle of the day and meet a friend for coffee and like a person, you know, like a person and. Yeah. You know, I was talking to somebody like, oh, I must be nice. Like, that's a privilege. And I'm like, you know, it, yeah, it is a privilege. But at the same time, like, I've earned that. I earned it because I've been, I'm 51 years old and I've been working at the part-time and full-time since I was 13. And if, if I am in a job or have a role or run a company or whatever it is that I'm doing that affords me the ability to say, you know what, it's, I'm going to meet a friend for coffee from 2 to 3 p.m. tomorrow. The fact that I can do that and still make a living and not get fired, like that's not luck. That's, that's, I've would, been would you working want to for have decades. An employee, <laughs> would you want to have an employee who sees something that modest as being out of reach 
that, but a right? lot of people I mean, do. A lot of people are in that kind of job, and it's it's because well, you work for somebody who regards themselves as busy. That's right. Well, hey, good point. Hey, I work harder than anybody else here. Well, thanks, boss. We watch House <laughs> a lot, and this is no shade, no lemonade against Dr. Cuddy, but poor Cuddy has to run this hospital, right? And she's got to go. Uh, this is a thing that happens a lot on TV shows. This is probably a Roger Ebert term for this conservation of storylines or something. But like Cuddy's just always at the end of her rope. She's always very busy. She always has a lot of papers. She does seem to have an office that looks like two retired gay men that used to sell antiques, and that's fine. But but House is a very good show. Cuddy's very. I, I know sometimes I don't really understand what her job is on that show, and I only mention that yes, it is just a TV show. I should probably just relax, but I don't think that's so far off. A lot of people. You know, this is why this is a tenet of Boganonism, the busy, busy, busy. Mm -hmm. Like the, the, we're always busy. Bu and I'm not saying don't be busy. I'm saying, I'm not saying never be busy. I'm not saying refuse to be busy. I'm saying once you accept busyness as who you are, mm. I don't think your life gets that much better. And uh, look no further than all the like, you know, hard nosed CEOs and, and ideapreneurs out there who like just can't stop elon musk doesn't sleep my dude is slamming ketamine and running like eight <laughs> companies yeah and i i'm not sure it's good for spacex maybe i don't know personally i wouldn't want to put my satellite on, on the ship of a guy who's like just doesn't sleep but whatever but you know we look we look up to that and we see that as if we meet people who aren't busy what we go right back to childhood and like you seem like a slacker you seem like somebody who's like in but you also identified something really good, which is finding those moments, maybe getting a better clutch for being able to, this is something I still am not good at, but getting a, a quicker clutch for being able to change modes to mm. where, you know, you have, as David Allen will put it, clean edges to your work. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, what, what some people like me reluctantly call boundaries. Like having boundaries is not a bad thing. People without boundaries unfortunately really don't think anybody should have boundaries or if there are boundaries it should be the boundaries that they determine mm -hmm. we saw this after the pandemic where that's what it took for so many people to go you know what this place misgenders me and they're terrible to me and they haven't done any of the stuff that they said would help develop my career but i'm so busy now i couldn't even train somebody to take my job my god you're like the prisoner of ask man. you're like that's <laughs> yeah. the mentors yeah 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 anyway I, I know i'm sorry to be on topic for the show but it is something i i think about a lot because quality of life is something we give so much short shrift to in this country you know and like i'm not gonna move to germany for the vacations but uh, that sounded like a, like a slur, and I didn't mean it that way. I just meant that, that in Europe, they are generally better about these things. <laughs> Canada, anywhere, yeah. not here. Yeah. You know, healthcare and vacations, who would want it? I'm so busy, I don't even have time for a vacation. And I'll tell it to the Germans. You know, I think there's, you brought up a whole bunch of interesting points, a lot. And it's kind of, I don't know where to dive <laughs> in. That was nice. Of, no, no. That was uh, you say. No, I mean, I don't, I don't know where I to dive lot. into that. There's a lot, there's a lot there. I mean, one of the things- You can things start with that, your emotions. Is there anything you felt emotional uh, <laughs> while I was- No, 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 I'm being dead serious. Well, yeah, because like, I think one of the- level about it, but what's your emotional reaction to my saying? 
it, to, to you and to everybody, is that a thought technology that's worth turning over in your head? At the very least, maybe as a way to become slightly less busy by identifying the things that are not critical path items for finishing the highway today. Well, like one of the things that I think about and was thinking about as you talk about that is like, to me, a sign, the, in, the true indication of success to me, or one of them, isn't like spending power. I mean, that's certainly in there, right? I mean, people, how do you, how do you judge whether you are like wealth, wealth? Yeah. Wealth. In other yeah. words, like yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I could, M money I, and wealth. I could buy the iPhone I wanted, the car I wanted, the house I wanted. That's, you know, I can put my kids through college. If <laughs> so I get sick, I have money. I, I won't be stressed out anymore. I've got everything I could ever want. Right. And of course this is, we know that's not true. Including um, a big mortgage. But the thing that to me always stands out as it, like the the indicator for me of how successful someone is and i think in some ways this kind of does relate to wealth but it's simple it's how much time they have that's their own meaning or maybe or maybe how much if i could just give a, a, a yeah. slight edit to that for my own pov it's like how much agency am i allowed which is another way to say how much agency have i claimed hmm. to be the author of that mm -hmm. like it, it's i personally despise it when people tell me things or give me things or do things for me and then tell me it's a favor. Mm. It's like, dude, I did not ask for that. It's like, you know, it's one thing to be at McDonald's and say like when I worked at McDonald's and then say, well, you can take your break now if you want. Thank you. I'll take my break now. That'd be great. That was, that works for you. It works for me. That's fine. What I don't like is, is when people go like, oh, I'm, I'm trying to think of a good example of this, but we've all had these things where people hand us something, not in the Tony Stark way, but, but, but hand us something and just go like, hey, you know what? Oh, you know, oh, you're, you're really sick. Don't worry about working on this. Or don't even look at your computer today. You're so busy, blah, blah. And you're like, look, you're missing the point of this. And this is why I use that word agency. The point mm. of this is not what time people allow me to control. The point of this is that I have a sufficient amount of agency over how I conduct my life to be able to do the things that I think need to be done at the time and in the order that I think is appropriate, which sounds pretty crazy if you work at McDonald's, but if you're a knowledge worker, I mean, how do you say that to people without sounding a little bit like a nut? Right. I mean, even at a relatively like medium level, you can't tell this is something I learned in college at the liberal arts school. Uh, I wrote that, I'll put this in notes. I wrote this little essay about new college last year. The thing I said in that was that the thing I think is great about new college is it takes smart dingalings and then shows them how to learn how to learn. Mm. Mm. And, and that is like, not everybody gets that. Like learning how to use a library, learning how to put up with BS in, in projects, all these little secret soft skills you get in college. I'm not saying you have to go to college to get this, but I sure wasn't expecting that. Yeah. I thought I'd go and read Jean-Paul Sartre and get laid, <laughs> which, you know, half true. I read No Exit, but anyway, um, but, but it's the, I don't, I, I, I don't appreciate it, when people try to do some kind of power move to tell me how my life works and it's, it's like, no, no, that's not how we're going to do this. Cause I do have boundaries and what we're going to do about this is like uh, agree on where the walls are, at least for today. And then we'll both honor that in a way that helps us do our best work. And if we need to talk about it, we can talk about it like people, but if we do talk about it like people, when we both start screaming about how busy we are, that's a teachable moment for mm -hmm. both of us. Right. You know, I think one it's of the, hard. yeah, I know it is hard. And I think, you know, for me, it's like being able to, being able to do the things that you want to do when you want to do them 
huge or, or need or need to do Dan. or need to it's, do them. it's not it's not just like i want to go to king's island and ride the racer sorry it's a cincinnati right. reference it's i, I need to go I, to the post office i'll do that when i want to go you know and well, not well, i only like, have I, an hour for lunch you know i kind need of thing. to go deal with my diarrhea that's a pretty high up need yeah it's not like i yeah i do want to go deal with my diarrhea but i hope <laughs> you want me to deal with that too <laughs> that's a very extreme example before we even get into the subtleties of like how knowledge workers do their work and how people feel about it right but it's it's i don't know i, I it's so difficult for me i have such a bad attitude about authority i'm finally making my peace with that because to me so much of the appeals to authority that we get are really not much more sophisticated than a thing you heard a lot as a kid, which was because I told you so. Mm, and if, mm -hmm. if we start accepting because I told you so too often, well, okay, now guess what? With the left hand, they tell you, I told you so, and you're not living up to your expectations. And then with the right hand, they let you leave early for lunch. <laughs> and you're like, well, actually, I'm, I'm good. Like I brought my lunch and like, no, 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 leave early for lunch. I'm giving you a special treat. And you're like, this is what I do is the work that I'm doing. Talking to you right now is part of that work, but it's not a, again, sorry to use that phrase again, third time, it's not a critical path to getting this done. You're just coming in here and doing some weird power play instead of saying, you know, again, another thing from the wisdom document, if you want to help somebody, help them. Just constantly asking people how you can help isn't very good and giving people things they didn't ask for, in my opinion, and I know I'm different about this, giving people stuff they never asked for without bothering to find out if it's something they would want it's a burden and a curse. Hmm. It's it's not, and it's very insulting. It's something men do to women all the time. And consequently, it's really something men do to each other. And I, I imagine everybody does it to everybody. This is not a gender conversation, except insofar as guys feel much more comfortable, I think, in general, time for pound, telling other people what they need to be doing and how. And you, that really telegraphs a lack of trust about what we're doing. It's like I'm not making three thirty-five an hour at McDonald's in 1985. Right. Like I know what I want to be working on right now, and as a corollary, I think this and this hopefully this will get more up to our positive alley. Is like, oh my god, I love being like you said. I like being quote unquote busy if it's something I've decided to be busy about. Right. I love or. I don't know if I love, but I, I, do, I'm, I get very involved probably because of ADHD. I love disappearing into a project and that just being a thing that I do until my eyes hurt. I still love that. Whether that's, sometimes it's a writing thing where even if you all never see it, I'm writing something and I want to keep writing this until I'm done writing it. And I'll know when that is. Mm -hmm. You telling me, go to lunch. Will you? Will you? Will you? Will you go to lunch? Telling me to go to lunch when I've got a head of steam on with something that's important to me to write, it doesn't do me any favors. It doesn't change the time constraints. It's almost always, in my opinion, merely, a, it's either at worst, I guess, or almost worse. It's a power move. And at best, it's one of those nice cities that you haven't really thought through. You know, mm -hmm. it's there's a million things like this. So much of this is also put a link to the wisdom document. It's kind of like telling people when somebody goes, Oh my God, I'm such a piece of crap and I'm really depressed. And what do you say to that person? What do people say to you your whole life? They go, Oh no, you're fine. And you go, <laughs> Oh, okay. So I'm sad and I'm a liar. Oh, that was so sweet of you. You can go to lunch early if you want. The kind of stuff that we like foist off on other people with this patina of goodwill, with this like, this this sleazy wrapping paper of like i'm doing you some kind of favor mm -hmm. we'll find out what people actually want and need and address that rather than just walking around like not even michael scott more like gary cole in uh what's his name bill lundberg 
<laughs> Leon Lattenberg. <laughs> but he really needs him in on Saturday. And Peter wants to go fishing, if memory serves. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. It's difficult. It's, does this get harder when you have employees? Because I bet the kind of stuff I'm making a big show about here, it's one thing for me to say that about myself and my own little world with my self-styled dumb career. But like, it must be, I know it's difficult to be an employee dealing with that. You've had lots of employees yeah. or people who work for you. Yeah. It must get really difficult to know the line for how you deal with somebody where you wish something were different or even if you're just trying to be kind, that must be very challenging. Yeah, I mean, I think it is. I think it's challenging on both sides. It's challenging to be an employer and be an employee. And I think one of the things that I'm seeing a lot uh, these days, is especially with like startups and things like that, is that, you know, like even even in the time when I think of as like the when the term kind of you know, startup became like a thing, um, you know, and, and you and I, you were the, you were there when that was like a, especially a thing, but just the idea of, Part of it, yeah. you know, I mean, definitely one of the, one of the waves of that, I, I was for sure around for him. Boy, I've, I've seen some people I know, I've seen them work very hard because yeah. they have an incomprehensible amount of work, important work, like filing things with the SEC, yeah. important things right? to do as well as create, manage, run and evangelize a company that doesn't have all the runway. And you know what? Like a lot of people are, are not good at a lot of those things because here's here's another thing. If you like that and it's like, it's like kinky sex. If you like that and everybody around you likes it, I believe me, I am, I'm not here to say stop doing that because that would be the same kind of shrewish, like yelling at people that I'm advising against. Right. Right. Cause sometimes you do have to do that. And like, I've had friends that were at a startup with, two three four five people we're like eat there's a full stack person but like they're getting you know, like you know there's the development person there's the uh, biz dev person there's the you know all those different kinds of things they and you've all got to work with all those people and it's like there's no end to the work there's always but here's another part of knowledge work just in passing is that if you are a knowledge worker in almost any way you define it you're really never done there's always more you could do today but the in your Buddhist terms, the, the right thinking on that might be more to say like, what is the what is what is the right amount of work to do the, today? Especially because right. there's more to your life than the time your ass happens to be seated at a desk or standing at a standing desk. Oh heck wherever yeah. your ass is when you stand. Yeah. You know, I think there's something really to that, to the idea that, you know, every every job kind of has its challenge and you don't really you can always say, oh, you know, if if I because again, another thing I was thinking about just this morning yeah. actually is I love this stuff, Dan. Thank you for talking about this. Yeah, stuff. of course. I, I like it when we find something that that is like you've got is about is what our show is about, <laughs> right? For, for Twelve years or whatever. <laughs> you know, having the idea that like you know when you kind of when you start out in your career, and almost every job that you start out with, I'm talking about like a professional desk kind of job. And maybe other jobs too, but those are the only ones I really know about. You know, mm -hmm. you start out in a job like that and you you generally are, you know, you're you're working on someone else's time. You're on their time frame, you know, as and, you and and when you're new at a job, you're also working on their expectations. On their expectations. And so once you yeah. kind of get a little bit more advanced in your career, you get to be at that point where you're like, I'm I'm not quite maybe not an expert, but I know what I'm doing. And, you know, people now yeah. kind of, you know, when they say, Oh, can we get this done in two weeks? You're like, ah, uh, maybe two weeks. Or you might say, Oh, that actually will only take one week. 
And well, then if, if you're speaking for other people, like, yeah, if, like, oh yeah, my developers can do that in two weeks. Right. right. Yeah. And cause then you get to the point where people come to you and say, how do we do this? How long will it take? As right. opposed to we need in it which done. Case, that management error might be, maybe this isn't the job for me. <laughs> right. But you know, there's that, there's that difference between we need this on Friday versus, Hey, how long will this take? And that is a huge jump in your career once you've crossed over that particular threshold mm -hmm. from being told Such when something is thing. necessary to be done versus the one who's who's being asked, how long will this take or can we do this? And if if you right, notice right. that you're like at your job and someone comes to you and is like, hey, can can you help with this? How long would that take? That to me is like the ultimate sign of of respect at your job. Somebody and really tr trust where you're like, I, right. I, I trust that you know that when this person comes to me with this pitch or this project or this whatever that needs to get done. And again, I'm thinking here of like just when I worked at a, like a, a dot com, just a website company, whatever. But like it, but like stuff. I've told you the, the bit. This is actually this is absolutely true. That it was on a Friday that our C something O. The, the head like money making guy came in and said, we need a log cabin channel on the homepage by Monday. And uh. we said, what, what is, what is, hang on, hang on. And all the heads popped out over, you know, me and Giles and Nikki and Jonathan, all our heads popped up and we're like, what, what I shot who in the what now we need a log cabin channel on the front page. by Monday. He goes, yeah, man, we got a deal going. This is, he's from, <laughs> he's from McCulloch County. This is Jay and Jay's like, you're like, man, you guys, we just, it's just a button. That was his phrase. It's just a button. We just need something on the homepage so we can insert Home Depot style company. Uh, you know, we've got a strategic partnership with Cabin Boys and cabinboys.com really needs to be on the homepage as a, could you do like a, like excite, like a, like a web portal for log cabins. Mm -hmm. And like, I, Jay, I know all of those English words are in the dictionary, but it's like the end of the week, how, how would we even get, if, even if I opened up my go live cyber studio and UX the whole thing and then cut up all the graphics, how would the cold fusion team on the East coast even get that up, integrated, tested, integrated, you know, production or staging to production? How would all that happen by Monday? And, and that's the trust issue, right? Cause another way to ask those kinds of questions, which some people find very annoying, but I really like is you asked a very good question, which is how long would it take for you to do this? So maybe Jay could, Jay, God bless him, Jay could have come in and said, how long would it take for you to put together a log cabin channel? Another way to ask that is to be somebody who knows about the project management triangle. Right. And somebody who says, hey, look, if, if we threw money at this, how soon could we get up the minimally viable log cabin channel? <laughs> That's a really good question. But like, there's a deeper question in all of that that some people are deeply and curious about. And this is always the question I like to ask. Nobody cares. But this is the question I always want to ask is like, hey, how would you determine what resources we need to get this done quickly? Like, it sounds like such a weird question, but that is a question that really works for my brain because I am a talker, but also because it helps me share with somebody, especially somebody I trust. It helps me share with them, like, if we're on the same page from the jump, and let's say it's not something as silly as that. Maybe, you know, think of it as something you don't roll your eyes at and scorn, like a log cabin channel, whatever that means. But like, even if it's something you don't scorn, you go like, oh, I see that's valuable. Like we want to add some like cookies and, and quote unquote, my functionality to the site. Like what's involved in that? What's turnaround on that? And really, if it really needs to be up Monday in one way or other, it goes like, what's the, well, you could just say, what is the minimal amount of 
of, of BS work we have to do to be able to say there's something called a log cabin channel. And we're going to go into our skunk works mode. We're going to not skunk works precisely, but you know what I mean? We're going to go into our heads down. Like I work for a game company mode and everybody's going to work on this thing. We've all decided is valuable for the whole weekend. And we'll figure out a way to like slide it in. And okay, you do that too much. And guess what? People are going to want a new log cabin channel every Monday. That's part of managing expectations. And, and that really kills trust also, is if people are deeply incurious or unsympathetic about what's required for your work, it's very difficult to have a wholesome relationship. I'm thinking here of things like, let's, let's take the example of going to the Ricky Montgomery concert. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, I could very well say, one could very well say to the driver of the car, hey, we need to be there in five minutes. And you go, that would be really difficult. I'm not in a position to say you're crazy, but that's in the best. If we drove there in the middle of the night, it would be at least a half hour to get there. We don't know. We haven't looked into what parking is available. If you're me, you know what should I do? I do stuff like look at what else is happening that night. Right. What sure. else is happening at Davies Symphony Hall? What else is happening? Like I, I look at all of the, is there a protest? All that kind of weird, dumb stuff nobody ever thinks about because of my dumb demon dogs. That's what made me, one of the few things that made me a useful project manager was getting to be the karma suck mm. and getting to be the person who said, it's, it's going to be, we can't, for practical purposes, we cannot be at the Ricky Montgomery concert in five minutes. And the more you demand that, the more difficult it becomes for us to have this conversation, which is like uh, a youth today might say, well, that sounds like a you problem, not a me problem. Mm -hmm. Like you just came up with this. You didn't even present it as like, oh, is there a way we could find out what his first song is? Do we know when does the opening act go on? No, people are so incurious about all these other things that somebody with domain expertise, even if it's the domain expertise of going to concerts in San Francisco, there are people with so much more domain expertise than you and I have. And when we put demands on them and then give them an extra dash of like, I'm busy, I don't know how that turns into a or stays a good group for very long. Oh, yeah. Mm. Uh, work. <laughs> I, only, I only had a couple of things to say about that 42 minutes in. What's going on in your neck of the woods, Dan? You know, I, one of the things that we kind What's of... What's going on? Yeah, well, we were starting last week to talk a little bit about the this um, this whole um, kind of to-do, timeless management thing. Oh, yeah. You were looking at uh, task management stuff. I was looking at task project, management right? stuff. It works across platforms and isn't $150. Yeah. Well, so, um, you know, I, I really find that... If you go on, like if you Google or go on YouTube or something like that and like search for like to-do lists or whatever, there is, there is so much there. It's just, it's ridiculous. Don't do it. It, I'll save you the time. Just don't, don't do it. It all comes down to, th at the end of the like day. so much stuff on the app store. It really does kind of feel like a high uh, risk. It's overwhelming. Basically there are, if, if you're in the sort of Apple ecosystem, there's three apps. That's it. There's just three. Okay. And um, it is Todoist, Tick Tick, and Things. Things has been around. You don't, you don't include Omni Omni Focus. In that. Not anymore. I wouldn't. Mm -hmm. I know that people are using that, and that's something mm -hmm. that that really is great for like project management kind of stuff. But mm -hmm. for like quick to do lists, and I'll, I'll give you some examples of as I've been testing a lot of these. One of the things that's like 
really cool and 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 has become like it was something that went from I didn't know you could do this to how could I have lived all of these years without this is being able to from the browser, whether it's mobile or desktop from the browser, being able to add a link to the, in other words, whatever page you're looking at right then, the same way that we do like in, in fireside or wherever for adding a link to the show notes, like a, like a JavaScript bookmarklet for adding this to to an app instead of a website. Right. And so like you could, you can be reading a page and you're like, Oh, this is a good recipe for, you know, chicken. Okay, great. And, and you know, you could, copy it you can I, go I have, over to I have one in my bar call right now called recipe yeah. that sends it to i have one for paprika i uh, i have one for pestle it's it's the best it's There's, really great uh, so that's like something I, I didn't even know existed and now i'm like of course i have to have that like i need that for everything so like one you know multiple apps have that todoist is like kind of my favorite for doing it location um being able to have a task that comes up uh, as an alert when you are at a certain location. So for example, I think I might've mentioned this last time, but like, let's say you're at mm-hmm. Advil uh, or as, mm-hmm. or as you say, ibuprofen, ibuprofen, mm-hmm. and you're out of that. And you just want to be reminded the next time that you're near the Walgreens, or as you would say, CVS. It's not worth a trip on its own, but right. like if it's something, especially if it's something you like for, like for you might like, I think about something like being out of dill Whereas right. like dill is not top of mind for me, but I would sure like to know when it's appropriate to remember. And there are two kind of shopping situations. The first is, you know, I'm going to be going to the grocery store. I'm going to make a list. I'm planning out the meals for the week and I'm going to make a list of the ingredients that I need. And I'm going to go to the grocery store. I'm going to buy those things. I'm going to come home. And then there's the second one, which is you're driving your kid home from school and they say, hey, dad, can we swing by the, you know, this store? I need to, to get something for school tomorrow. And you say, sure. Probably, guess, probably poster board. Probably guess, poster guess board. what? You're probably, if you're like me, you're going to forget that you had a list of things to get at that store. But if you have one of these little location-based alerts, it's going to say, oh, you're at CVS. You also need this and this and this. Oh, I'll just grab these things while I'm here. It reminds you that you need to get those things. Do you remember you need ibuprofen down? Or as you say, Advil. Yeah, Advil. Yeah. And I did, and it did, because it reminded me that I needed it. So like little things like that are really, really valuable to me as a, as a user being able to, you know, the organizational system in something like things is more the way that, you know, things is what things wants to do. It's much more lightweight than OmniFocus. Oh, way more lightweight. What things kind of wants you to do is things kind of wants you to, it definitely understands the concept of like, here is a list of things. And as you complete the list, it actually shows you like almost like in a pie chart sort of uh, or like a little Pac-Man that's closing its mouth of how far along on the things on that list you are, which is really, really handy. Right. It also has the concept of things like areas. You can make an area called home or one called work or, or very maybe, similar to what David Allen calls areas of responsibility. So like, I think I, I it's all connected to that. Right? Life. Yeah, I have home life. I have, you know, work life. I, and it, it depending, if I get real into something and it's more than just a project, even though there's a cool thing you can do in things that's just really mostly like a graphical little separator you can make inside of a project. Yeah. But I'll make a new area just called, you know, a Thanksgiving trip to Aunt Susie's house. Right. And, and then that, that, then you can have projects underneath that if that, if you need that amount. But I think you're really onto something and I'm not here to like, you know, pimp things. It happens to be what I'm using right now. Uh, so I have a, a lot to hear and say about this, but like it's 
it really is i i like the constraints of things in the sense that it does it does a bunch of stuff really well and then there's stuff it doesn't do at all and it's in the same way that it's nice to interrogate how busy you really are i do think it's really valuable to sometimes ask yourself like how much infrastructure do i need to like buy ibuprofen today <laughs> This is a good point, yeah. But you know, like it has, so it has. Like I like the way that it organizes different things. Also, things is kind of set up with it has like an inbox where you just throw whatever. But it also has the concept of like today, upcoming, someday, and I think that's all GTD kind of concepts too. Yeah, different names, but some, someday is a lot like David Allen's someday later list. Which if you drag right. something from anywhere, so by itself, uh, anything that's a task, I think even in the inbox. And again, as with GTD, because this is just how my brain is wired, inboxes where you can chuck and jive and do whatever you want, and then you sort of promote them to being part of something you're doing. Right. You can use tags for that. <clears throat> you can use projects for that, or whatever. Like whatever works for you. you. Don't you don't you oughtn't put more structure on it than you really need, in my opinion. Right. But then what's really cool is like so you've got stuff today, and and like OmniFocus, they do a neat thing, which is like start dates and due dates. They don't call it that. But like, I don't even want to see this for two months. And then, but once I do, I know it's due two days after that. Mm -hmm. So your deadline is different from your start date. The deadline is what keeps, or the start date is what keeps you from having to see stuff you can't do anything about. And then the due date is a way to like have confidence in your system to say like, I know this is what is due, but you just describe something else. The someday thing is really neat. Like if I'm staring at something, I, I, I don't know if you know this, but I used to be pretty into productivity stuff. <laughs> and if I look at something and I've been looking at it for a week and I'm still like, I don't know. I'll drag that into someday. And then it does the coolest thing. If you notice this, it puts a little dotted line around the tick box and it takes it out of your current views. Mm. So it basically puts it into this notional, again, like I say, what David Allen calls someday maybe pile, something you review in his case once a week, you come back to and say, do I delete this? Do I put it somewhere? Or do I just want to keep turning this over until I die? Like whatever, but it does have the structure. It doesn't put the structure too much in your face. And it really does work well, in my experience, on all of the platforms, which is very unusual. And it's got good gestures and stuff, like that long press on the plus. Oh yeah, like, it's really cool. that's really you fun. Can also, now you can you can create a to do right from your iPhone home screen because of the interactive widget. Yeah, I love the interactive widget stuff. Anytime that you can integrate with that, and that's the thing about mm -hmm. things mm -hmm. is that it's it is very much a Mac app it's it's only available on well not mac specific apple it's apple, it's available yeah. on all the apple devices it works really nicely between all the apple devices you have to pay for a different license for each of those different platforms but you know if if you've picked this as your tool and you're going to use it in a way it's like saying hey I, I i paid for this it's mine i get upgrades everything else it's like an old-fashioned kind of app in that way as opposed to most of the apps that come out now have in-app purchases which is usually in the form of some kind of yearly subscription or something like that and all i've, I've like think they're all different interesting ways of monetizing your app which developers need to do mm -hmm. Um, you know, things is one it depends of, a lot on your audience, right? Like, it it depends does. a lot on, and I, as somebody who had worked with Omni Group, you know, on Omni Focus for a while, like, I think that was a guiding principle to what they were doing. Like, this is what it costs us to make an app that we, we can make 
maintain, improve, and support in the way that we want to do it. And mm-hmm. we know what that costs. And we know, I think part of their, I mean, it was way too much money for a lot of people. This is coming up again right now with uh, Apple Vision Pro or whatever it's called, where people are like, they were talking about this on on um, Upgrade, about how people are like, ah, it's so much money. And I why, would it, why does Apple make things that I don't want? And Snell was like, well, that's okay if you don't want it. It's... That's not really a company doesn't work like that. It's not like people moved resources from something you love to make something you don't need. Right. And if they did, that wouldn't matter. Like you wouldn't have any control over that. But like to to find the right mix of like what you need to get, as we say, back to work is so important. I honestly don't want something that's gonna be a lobster trap. I don't want something where I'm gonna spend all day trying to come up with some kind of advanced taxonomy based on how I think I work. I want a bunch of, I want to like my first test of any app like that is go in and write down what I'm freaking out about right now. Mm-hmm. Even Alan calls it a mental sweep. Um, and then and then figure out what to do about that. And sometimes that answer is nothing. And but you don't you don't need a thousand dollar app with fifteen hundred tags to to realize that you're busy for no reason. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and well, I think, have you been you've been playing with things? It sounds like yeah, a lot of it. And I, you know, for me, what I really like about things is that Appleness of it. It it very much feels like an app that works for mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. kinds of people who like Macs and phones and you know, iPhones and that kind of stuff. Todoist has to me a bigger feature set and is a little bit more open in, or as, as people say, I guess it's a little less opinionated. And a good, and I think opinionated software is a good thing. It feels more in the tradition of stuff like Remember the Milk, where it's it like, does you use this any way you want. Like right. all, this almost is like a platform for yeah, you. yeah, yeah. And there's there's a website with, I think version. It works with a, integrates with a lot of stuff. It does, it does. There's a website version. There's a you yeah, know yeah, an yeah. Android version. Whatever platform you want it on, you can pretty much use it there. Um, it has you know it has shortcut keys, just like all of them to add stuff. You notice I'm not talking about Tick Tick that much. I feel like Tick Tick, and we talked about Tick Tick a long time ago, years ago, when I first was experimenting I used with it. it. For, I had to use it for, I think Max Temkin used to use it, and we did it for a challenge, but ah. nothing against Tick Tick. I cannot for the life of me. Oh, yes, the logo jars my memory. Yeah, yeah, this is a, this is a cool app. It, yeah, it's, it, it looks it's a fine. lot like the way things used to look. Right. I don't, I mean, for me, it's like, it's. It. I hate to say this because like, I don't want to disparage anyone's work or anything for me personally it felt like kind of like an also ran it it was definitely it could do a lot of the same things but it didn't do them in as clean and elegant a way as uh todoist Mm. did and it also didn't do them in 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 a way that it I don't know. There's just something missing for me and so I say for people to try it editorial is a good word for these things because Editorial and a very. What do you mean by that? Like, it's there's a point of view to this, and to, to paraphrase Sean Gruber and everybody else, like I need to feel like the taste of this app. Mm. I mean, obviously, it needs to work the way I want to work, but also like, I just sometimes I, I don't know how to say why I don't like an app. <laughs> how can I put this? Because I don't want to be mean either. But like, I'm not talking about TikTok here, but just in general, like, there's a lot of times I just don't use the app because I just don't like using it. I don't like the way it works. I don't like the way that it thinks, you know? And when it comes to stuff like this, you want something that aligns as closely as possible. And I want to just leave, put a note here, not with how you think you work, 
but how you actually work. Unless you intend to really change the way you work before you buy a task management app, you want something that works with your dumb brain, however that is. And that could be the like, I, yeah, I like pressing the home screen and having it go somewhere. I like that there's an Apple Watch app. Uh, that's different for everybody. But there is something very real about, I get, like in my case, because I'm, I'm very uh, broad-minded, I, I, I get why people like, it's like euphoria. I told the TV show, I totally get why people like this, but it's not for me. Mm-hmm. That doesn't make it bad, but like, I, there's a lot of other stuff I'd rather watch than that, even though it's got Hunter Schaefer, who I'm a little obsessed with right now. <laughs> but you know, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's like the thing is, if you've got to use this thing all the time, and I have to admit, when I first started using things, a few weeks ago, it was a little bit of an adjustment for me. It, not because the paradigm of it or the mental model of it is so odd, but just because like, when you really use it for your stuff and it shows you what your stuff looks like in this app, you either have to get with that, change it, or go somewhere else. And if it's something as personal as how you plan, manage, and live your life, it's not surprising that we all have very strong feelings about this kind of editorial being good and that kind of editorial being not for me. Yeah. Yep. And I think, I think that's the thing is that these apps all are worth like looking at and testing and figuring out which one you like best. It's also interesting because I posted on threads. I'm like, I'm looking at these apps and what do you think of it? And a lot of people replied when I asked about things, it's interesting because the other apps, you know, like people say, yeah, I use that one. It's neat. The people who are using things are like, they're like super fans. They're like, I've been using oh, really? things for 13 years. It's in my entire life. And like, that was, I got a lot of responses like that. It sounds where a lot the- like people, it's like <laughs> a lot of people who like, for example, are like, I'm, I bought a Toyota Camry. It's the best car I ever bought. It's like, well, I don't know the name of this bias, but there is the bias for like the thing that I chose. And then whether that's parenthood or Camrys, you spend the rest of your life waiting for people to applaud you about your good, good decision-making where, where you ha- kind of have to love it for your brand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or and I, it for your brand. For you know, you matter. mentioned brand. A lot of people are like, <clears throat> are like loyal or, or have brand loyalty. I like, I always think about brand loyalty as being almost like a, like, I don't understand brand loyalty. So, okay, here's an example. Here's an example. Interesting. Um, let's take it out of, as, as you say, out of technology for a second. Yeah. I re- the, my favorite brand of clothing is a company that's Austin-based. It's called Howler Brothers. I love Howler Brothers. They started out making, they were like a little pop-up shop down on South Congress, and they eventually grew to like a brick-and-mortar store, and now they have a couple, and now they have a whole online thing. Um, I I'll even put a, a link, um, into the show notes, howlerbros.com. But what I really like about th- their stuff is in the same way that like everyone's familiar with Yeti, another Austin based company that, that has fanatical. Things. Yeah. Fanatical. So they, they make really, really, really what they call over-engineered things. So like if, if they're making a very costly compared to a lot. Yeah. Compared to like what you can go cool. to going well, to Target. I've got, I've got, uh, I've got. I, I'm in, I'm in provisionally on the Yeti system. I have mm-hmm. a Yeti cooler, and um, it is really great, especially if you follow all the directions from all the things like, you know, freezing it overnight if you can, yeah, you know, all that kind of stuff. Because it if you keep that thing closed, boy, it'll it'll keep stuff cold for a real long time. Oh yeah, and by the way, there is a jacket I'll send to you. This is called the Merlin jacket, which I believe you should probably own. Uh, okay, but. 
you know, they're there. They just had a big sale and it's over. Sorry guys. It's over. But, um, I, hmm. I have this jacket and I've had it. Oh, for years. This is Howie Howler brothers. Howler brothers. I've had, okay, I have I the jacket that I actually just sent to you. I have a lot of their stuff. And the reason that I like their stuff is it feels like the stuff that you and I Merlin, that we grew up with hmm. in that yeah. the, the style is a more traditional Somebody tried to make it good. <laughs> yeah. And, and every like it, it fits you in stuff like that. It fits you and it lasts yeah. a long, 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 everything that they make lasts a long time. I have a flannel shirt from them. I don't know. I can't even remember when I got it and it still looks great. That phrase, that word you used over-engineered is so good because there are things that numerous things that are over-engineered where you're like, Oh boy, to its detriment, it's over-engineered. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But sort of like in Hudsucker Proxy, when the guy is oh, like, yeah. oh, you know, I'm going to give him that extra stitch, you know, right. because he's such a good customer. Yeah. It's like, I want my clothing over-engineered. Maybe not to the level of quite of like a Scotty vest, although I have enjoyed my Scotty vest very much in the past. But, but I still I still feel like there are three to seven pockets in that Scotty vest I never discovered. I could never figure out where some of the holes went in it, but it was absolutely an amazing piece. That, that's that that's that vest that has like a million pockets on the inside, right? Is you that can the put one? Put your iPad in your pullover, and like I did it. I got one from doing a podcast, and they were sponsor, and they sent me one, and I, I loved it. <laughs> and then I wore it to death. It finally like fell apart after years, and I didn't love the new one I got, which is again not an unusual thing to have happen. But over engineered, if it comes to stuff like triple stitched Carhartt pants right. with reinforced knees. Well, we're not doing that just to be clever. We're doing that because that's for people who like to flooring. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it needs to be something you can wear for your work and that you can wash. And if the alternative is the under engineering of a lot of fast fashion, a hard pass. If it's yeah. going to touch my body, I want it to make sense. But it's like, that's the kind of thing. It's like, there are people who really, really love their stuff. Now, when, when it comes to brand loyalty, would yeah. you say I'm brand loyal to Howler Brothers? Well, they're a go-to for me in that if I needed to get up, let, let's say I needed a right. sweatshirt or I needed a hoodie or I needed, needed a, a new pair of pants. Or a jacket, you would probably look at them I'm gonna first look at them or first. nearly first. I'm going to yeah, look at right. them first. I'm going to say, do they have anything that I like? Because they're more expensive and I know that, but I, whatever I buy from them, is going to last me until I don't want it anymore. And so wow, this flannel shirt looks great. This is like something John Lake so will wear on Patriot. I want this one. <laughs> and no, you know, this, uh, the Cohen plaid and dark teal. Yeah, that's oh, a good that one. That's a handsome look. There are a lot of great clothing there and they fit nicely. And you know, you gotta, you know, like I'm, I might be a small in one of their shirts and a medium in another, but whatever, like you figure out what your size is. You order a couple, you send one back. They use like nice packaging that is like yeah. made out of paper. So it recycles like, you know, that kind of stuff is fine. Yeah, but yeah. like, to me, it's like, I'm not brand loyal in the sense that it's not like, well, I'm, I'm, that's not a Howler Brothers shirt. So I'm not going to wear that. Or, or in the sense of like, I, I would never consider, I think. My family had a lot of these, some of which I have, which is like, if I'm going to drink a carbonated cola drink, it's going to be a Coke. I mean, if I can't get a Coke, I'll have a Dr. Pepper, but I don't want a Pepsi. No. In earlier times, I did not want an RC. Right. I, I, you know, <laughs> right. Sure. <laughs> like I, I'll have a Mr. Pibb, I guess. I don't even know if they still make it, but, um, but, but you know what I mean? It's not, there's the kind of brand loyalty that's like, I would only ever buy my gas at Shell. Mm -hmm. 
maybe that's because you like Ron, the filling station attendant. Maybe it's because you have a card there. But also, my I'm telling you, my family was like adamant about brand stuff. They, they, there's a wonderful book from the '80s called The Naked Consumer that really was an eye opener for me about the way that you know, marketing and data works, even in the '80s. Fascinating book. And one of the things they talked about is how PG, uh, I said PG&E, Procter & Gamble got this relationship with um, like neonatal like hospital units where like after you had a baby, they would give you this basket full of like, hey, congratulations, you had a baby. Look at all this great stuff. Well, that's nice. And it can, yeah, it is. It comes with Pampers. It comes with, you know, all so many of their products, including formula. And so there is, at least in the book that I read in the 80s, they said there is usually pound for pound, there is no greater bond and brand loyalty than there is between a family, read as a mother, a mother and her baby's products. Like this is the pull-ups we buy. This is, you know what I mean? Like right. for us, maybe Hannah Anderson. I can't believe how many Hannah Anderson onesies we bought over time. <laughs> but but like, you know what else though? Is the PNG in that case? Like they found this way using what was then called, uh, I, I know this means watch, but I think they're using a different chronographics mm -hmm. where you could target things based on how old people are. Now, remember, this is the late 80s. This is still a very new idea, certainly to me, but they realized that they could give you that basket right around this period when new mothers were most likely to get frustrated with breastfeeding and turn to formula. Oh, right. And that's what the basket was really about. Right. Developing brand loyalty, being there from day zero or day three or whatever it was, where like, yeah, it's nice that you use our Pampers, but it's also pretty cool that we got you hooked on our formula. Mm -hmm. And it's like, <laughs> I mean, not all brand loyalty comes from a place that's that wholesome. No, you're absolutely right. And it's like- I, I, like, I like your point though, of like, it's not like I'll never buy another shirt that's not a Howler Brothers shirt, but like uh, two previous sponsors of this show- that no longer are, but like, I'm so addicted to the Marine Lair campfire shirt. I have owned five of them. I've given two as gifts. And what's special about them? No, I don't know. I, I, I just like them. They got two pockets on the front, big banner features there. They've got a lining inside that basically makes it like a jacket. And the thing you talk about brand loyalty, hey, guys who make shirts, people who make shirts, you ever thought about putting in pockets in the side of the shirt that somebody could put their hands in and put stuff in, like a jacket. <laughs> Marine Lair does that. Marine Lair is great. Until, until they really screw it up and they've got they've got great stuff. Their store here is fun. They have they have a hilarious because it's a San Francisco company and they have a hilarious shirt that everybody in the family owns that just says Marine Lair on the front and on the back it just has the logo and says surprisingly cold. <laughs> <laughs> long sleeve shirt but uh no, no brand loyalty i mean like it's 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 great but like that is an interesting thing to interrogate is like well why can't other people just make shirts with pockets am i really that into or for example right now of course i'm wearing a mac weldon long sleeve pima cotton t-shirt because that's what i wear right every day right usually like i think i've got a fantastic four shirt today underneath no way is it right up on the line that's my shirt Oh, oh, it's a it's a Popat shirt that says it's not Rico. That's my bottom shirt. Mm. Oh, Cotton Cotton Bureau. Okay, Cotton Bureau. Like they're easy to work with, and their shirts are really nice. There's a lot of companies where if you buy like a shirt because you want to support a podcast, I bought some podcast shirts that were no, not in one single way any nicer than iron-ons I got in 1978. When I got Han and Chewy on a shirt. Like it's about that level of quality, maybe worse. Some of those shirts where it's just so unpleasant. I love working with Cotton Bureau. And actually I would just wear their shirts with nothing on them. 
But you know, what does that, what does that mean for brand loyalty? Well, brand loyalty really means I, I so far I trust these folks to consistently provide the thing that I like. But we've all had that experience of not just new Coke, but anything where they like change the formula, they change the mojo, they very understandably, especially in fashion, like made it more cheaply. And it just didn't fit as well. It didn't feel as good. And I think that's really hard to build and fairly easy to lose. So yeah. I don't think it's weird that you don't have that about, any, about a million things. Well, you know, and I like, I'll meet people and obviously like, I, I know our audience, like obviously people are going to be like oh, Apple, Apple fans and that kind of thing. And like that, that makes sense. I think a lot of the time, whether it's Howler Brothers or Apple or your favorite car company, you know, the, there's yeah. a reason why you continue I to the way about buy. VWs. I just like yeah. the idea of VWs. Right. And sometimes that's all VWs, it takes. My you know? uncle, I had a VW van that I could take care of myself. I changed all the oil myself in that car. My friend Chris and I, well, Chris mainly, two scissor jacks, we pulled the engine and changed the gaskets on the head. Like we could do that because of that big fix your own Volkswagen book. Like that's a, that's like a whole brand ecosystem that for years was just so exciting to people or the kind of people like think about like not leather and exactly but the different kinds of tools you get really attached to not just because you're like you're new and you want a nice hammer right but because you go like i know this particular stuff by i, I mean honestly a company like milwaukee they make great stuff you know stanley all these companies make this stuff stanley has that whole like insulated cup thing now that's oh god yeah, people are crazy for that so thing. weird but like but but like it's sometimes it's just that like i haven't found a better version of this no, and and the other thing is like that's that's basically the way that you do it. You're like, this is the best thing that I've found to do this. Yeah, but yeah. what a lot of people are unwilling to do when it comes to that brand loyalty thing is to be open minded to the fact that something else might actually be good or be even better. And sometimes because of the opposite feeling, which is like, hey, like I don't want an Android phone. Right. That Android is the best example. It's I think it's up there. Like where like if you haven't revisited or Windows, I guess, I don't really know. But like if you haven't revisited your hot take on something, certainly this extends to stuff like iCloud and Siri, honestly. Yeah. It's like it's worth re-examining your feelings about that product. Doesn't mean it's gonna well, like, have you have you used useful, have you used but... chat GPT on your phone? Mm-hmm. So with the yeah. voice that you can talk to. Oh, just a little bit. That's not really my jam, but yeah, okay. I've used it a little bit. And, and it answers with audio too. You're having a conversation. You're having right? a conversation. And sometimes while it's thinking, there's a little bit of a delay, but if you can ignore that part of it, it, you can have an ongoing conversation. So I was showing this to my son last night, we were sitting there and I was saying, okay, I have some, you know, a pack of chicken thighs in the fridge. What should I make with those? And it's like, well, you know, you could make mm -hmm. something like this. Do any of those I sound? Love, that's my favorite piece. Did you yeah. not, Dan? Do you know the thighs my favorite chicken piece? <laughs> it's well, it's the best one. It's the most versatile, best flavor. Oh, so it's, it's, got, it's got so much flavor. You know, I think the, the chickens probably don't like that. I like it, but you know, who cares? Just, can't please everybody. So it, you know, it's suggesting these different things to me, and it's like, does any do any of those sound good? I can give you a recipe for that. And I said, um. I said, well, actually, hang on a second for that. But um, is there any way that you know of to get your kids to do their homework when they refuse to do it? My son's sitting there rolling his eyes. And, you know, I'll say she because it's a female voice. You know, yeah. she's she's saying, oh, you know, you can do this and this. And, and, um, and they're like, sometimes, you know, getting your kid to participate with things around the house, such as helping cook the chicken thighs we were just talking about. And I was oh, I like, love that. I was like, I see that. that little thing. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. That 
to me, that is everything. That's the core I, of like what I, makes I, AI I and, yeah. and, and the future of AI. Like that makes me feel like, wait a second, this feels like talking to responds. a person. People who are really smart respond and go, all it's doing is spitting out words. And it's like, yeah, those are pretty good words. I can't do math. It's just spitting out words. And it's like, well, I mean, I, I'm always saying I can't get on a jag here and I won't, but like, it's still really frustrating to me that people just flatly seems to me flatly refuse. Maybe they've tried it. Maybe they haven't. I know a lot of people have not tried it and are super mad about it. But even people who have, maybe even more surprisingly to me, like really smart people not seeing any use for that. And like, especially when you add to that, in my case, like I've got the whatever $20 a month account, I've told it all kinds of stuff about me at a higher level, the settings. So I've gone in and I've told it how I want it to act. I've right. There's a little place family. where you can, you can give it like instructions and say like, name. this is me, uh, call me this, instructions? this is yeah, what custom I do. Instructions. Yeah. And you yeah. can tell it, I have a kids of this age and whatever and please it, it, respond informally don't make jokes or try to be funny don't congratulate <laughs> or compliment me don't apologize for things learn from me and i will learn from you can you send and me that? Also, can you send me that that's pretty good yeah 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 the other one is just here's my name this is what i want to be called you call me the dude um i talk about my family and when they were born and where where i live and i might add more later but the notion there is and i'll tell you what's funny about that because this is adjacent to a challenge for do by friday this week is that when i don't have that information in there i feel like i'm really back to square one with my first use of chat gpt which uh -huh. is just mainly feeling like it was funny i posted a lot about this on uh, the website x back in the day it was just like i would actually get almost a little bit sad about how it come back to a thread and it didn't seem to like remember me or remember stuff and even as i create my own like pretty powerful gpts i still really struggle with getting it to remember how smart it is how much it knows and what i want it to do right but uh, looking up celebrity heights finding out like i said to, to roderick the other day like on what day was grandma steinus the same age that billy is now mm. and so you know whatever uh I think it was sometime in early 1945 or six. I was like, and what was a popular song then? What was a popular song the year that grandma turned 30? And they're like, I'm Mac the Knife by Bobby Darren. Like, useful to you? Probably not. Because it's not your not your mother-in-law. Right. Not your daddy's mother-in-law. <laughs> but but like having it know that information, and that gets frustrating if I use whether it's and I've used a lot. I've used Poe. I've used, I'm trying to think of all the ones I've used, including apps. There's like Typing Minds um, via Set App. There's these apps that use GPT 3.5 or 4, but it doesn't have your info. Mm -hmm. It doesn't remember what it's talked about. And I've got, I'm so basic now, Dan, that right now I'm looking at the generic thread that I just use for when I have a quick question. Right. Because I don't want to just keep opening a million different threads, but like I'm not benefiting like I would in other places with that. But just having a place to go in and say something like, "Hey, here's my pan that panic file for uh, a crash I keep having. Mm -hmm. Like, what's wrong with that? That one actually was not helpful at all. Sometimes it's just terrible. I ask it how long it takes for my new blood pressure medication to start having an effect. <laughs> As a joke on Roderick on the line, but I'll joke but serious. How how should I figure out how much money to donate to Wikipedia? And or this morning, like literally this morning, tell me how to show duration in hours in Google Sheets. It gives me two different complete answers and then other things to consider when I'm doing that. And I'm sure somebody could read that and go like, hey, I'm a, I'm a computer scientist and this is not the most effective. If you really want, you should get Pascal or whatever. And it's like, well, 
okay, but like being able to like do dumb stuff like I did yesterday, <laughs> joke, joke. But like if Elizabeth Debicki stood on Nicholas Braun's shoulders, how tall would they be? Yeah. And it can estimate that. Like it's, it's so frustrating, well, you know, when, and, and nailed it. It's the, it's the knowing about me part and right. remembering what we've talked about part. That is the secret weapon in a lot of this. That, and the fact that like, if something better came out from Apple or Google or some other company that we haven't heard of, that was better, I would use that. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and that's, you know, to me there, I doubt that there's a lot of people who are like, sitting at home, you know, drinking coffee out of their chat GPT mug, wearing a chat GPT hat and t-shirt. Maybe there are, but you know, like, no, I, I, I it's totally interesting how certain they're so under the radar screen for normal. Oh people. yeah. As, for as normies. Company, yeah. 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 And, and even a, as a functionality, it's just a, there be dragon situation for most yeah. people. Yeah. And, and like, and if the, you look the at media, Siri, the press has played into that. If you look at Siri, like, like it just it it's not even the same kind of thing in in terms of like just asking it questions of about just stuff anything you can't you can't have even a basic Ugh, conversation even with setting Siri. aside my ongoing issue with it just not being able to get to the internet sometimes <laughs> it's the worst kind of bug or error or whatever because for certain kinds of tasks it has no problem at all like hearing me and writing, remembering a reminder. But then there's other times where I just have, I know, I know it's going slow. And I know before they even, before Siri even says anything, it's going to be 30 seconds with those three responses mm -hmm. that I always get, mm -hmm. which is like, <clears throat> this is taking longer than I expected. You know what I mean? The thing yeah. that you get, I, I do agree with you, but I also, in a minute, I'll have a link for you that backs this up. I'm also very frustrated with Apple about not putting web behind the air on, educating people about what Siri can do, or more saliently for my needs, actually documenting mm. everything that Siri can do. There is no extant documentation, apart from what I found by a user on GitHub, there's no extant documentation I found of all the stuff you can do with Siri. And I spent a lot of time with it, including using it to run Home Assistant, including the stuff y'all would just curl your hair, what I've tried to use the Siri voice assistant functionality for. But <clears throat> I mean, it, I, is it whose fault is it? I don't know. I mean, there's a bunch about it. I wish we're better. I wish they would get their fundamentals line. I wish they work on their piping, as they say in Patriot. Right. Patriot. I, I, there's a lot of stuff where I wish they would really nail down some basic stuff uh, about the stack. Like, how could I be having this much trouble occasionally, anyway, connecting to the internet and like not have, how do people not see that? How is that not showing up constantly? In, like I know from my friends who have iOS apps, like you can see how many times people picked up the app and used it. You can see what kind of errors happen, I think. I don't understand how Apple does not pick up on how often their products consistently don't work in a certain way. Right now, HomeKit, this is admittedly on a beta, right now HomeKit on my iPhone is a blank screen mm. and I don't know That's why. That's not good. You know, HomeKit though, I, I, without regardless of what you're going oh, through, which God. is horrible, it's so much better than Google Home uh, in oh, every really? possible way. Yes. Uh, the Google, the app for Google Home. The app, so the interactive, the way you set everything an up. Android app. Oh, it's horrible. And all, you know- All the way down to the triple dot in the upper right-hand corner of every page that just takes you to like feedback or whatever. It's like the whole thing is just- 
it really, it really, uh, I hate to slag it, but knowing Google and their background no, just, with stuff like Chromebooks, it's just a way, it's just, like a, just a dumb web view. But you know, it's interesting because view. like Apple, Apple is a consumer electronics company and Google is yeah. a software services in the cloud company. Sure. And sure. it's, it, so all of the Google home stuff that you do, if you say to one of your Google devices, you know, turn on the kitchen lamp, it's going to essentially go out to the internet and then come back to your house and make that change. I've for you. had Siri stuff work fine with the internet all the way out. Yeah. And like, if you I tell it, it's because of matter or thread or just some other secret sauce of home kit, but like, yeah, that's the, that part of it I think is getting better. But I've because Apple is a, con a consumer electronics company, those things happen locally. So like they happen right there. So yes. you tap it on your phone. It's it instantly it's the light lamp is It's another reason why dictation has gotten so good, right? Yeah, I think so too. So I don't know, you know, like I, when I first started, I so a couple of the devices in my house, I, the, the house came with Nest thermostats, which are oh, horrible. Don't, don't forget your, your big speakers that need wires. Remember those? Oh, I, yeah. Well, that's Sonos. That's a whole <laughs> other thing. But, you know, I, I, I absolutely hate the Nest thermostat. I would just, honestly, I would rather just Did have- I hear worse and worse things. I would rather that. just have a 1965 thermostat Honeywell. on the wall. You just, yeah, the Honeywell, Honeywell. where you just, you just set it where you freaking want it. I hate these things. And I've long ago, like I never spent any time in this house where it was like auto adjusting to my schedule. Absolutely not. That was always turned off. Every single one of them is turned off. I've never had it helping me do anything. I don't like it. I don't like that. But I isn't have it difficult to even do that. Like I've heard Marco talk about this and like to turn the stuff Jason off Snell maybe. Yeah. But like, and stuff like it in the text motion and stuff like that. What bugs me is, is with those kinds of things is like, this thing wants to be so smart in, in this one particular way, which is like, we believe that based on our labs, like this is how you will run your life. And you're like, if you differ from that, I heard a, a, a very sad, but amazing podcast about people who stalk their exes with car software. Oh, and this, this woman on, I wanted, I think it was on um, What Next TBD from last Friday. It was about like this woman who like got the Mercedes in the divorce, like it belongs to her. And she found out that her husband, her ex was like spying on her as well <laughs> as turning on the air conditioning in the car during winter, turning on the heat during the summer. And Mercedes was like, well, sorry, but there's nothing we can do about this. Similar, similar kinds of things have come up with Tesla, General Motors, lots of different cars. But like, and so here's the thing. She goes in, this is like my mom getting uh, the Pontiac Catalina in 1975, mm -hmm. taking it to the guy at the filling station and removing the buzzer for the seatbelt. Oh, the little, so she would mm, never, yeah. Yeah. She had to go to- Those are great, like, great cars the, though. I guess I got to say with the pointed, oh, the pointed grill. Oh. Oh, four, and the four, metal, four, the four metal fours. bumper. I'm looking at a picture of this thing. The metal bumper that comes out in oh, the point like that. <laughs> it might have been a, a 75 or a 76 Catalina. Uh, but, but like, so this, she had to hire a dude, aftermarket dude, title, aftermarket dude goes in and like <laughs> removes the dingus. But here's the thing. You remove the dingus. Yeah, guess what? Your, your, your creepy ex that you can't do anything about won't be able to spy on you anymore, but you also lose navigation, mm. the ability to navigate. Like you lose all of this stuff and it's like, you know, and this is such a different topic, but you had not thought about that from the outset. Like I was just, you know, in the TV show I love that just completed its first season, The Curse, they've got a Tesla. And I'm always noticing like the giant screen in that car, to me, giant screen for that size of cabin, 
screen seems ridiculously large, but whatever. Yeah. If you like it, that's fine. But like, and it's like there's so much stuff you have to do with touch, and it's like ugh. they talk about this on ATP all the time. How do I just turn on the air? What's next? My turn directional indicator needs Siri. Like, ugh, like. You know, my father, my late father died a year before we got the Catalina. He used to say, don't, you don't get, don't get electric locks. Don't get electric windows. That's just more stuff to break. Same man who said first class, that's just the people who hit the ground first in a crash. (laughs) (laughs) It can continue, continue. Well, I I mean, it used to be so big. Remember like Mopar stickers? Oh, yeah. People who were like really into Chrysler's. I'm an weird, AC Delco guy. I really like AC Delco AM radios. That's, that's it's just it's strange. It's like, well, where does that you know? Like, I can understand saying, like, in my case, like the best clothing, best made clothing, longest lasting clothing that I have is happens to come from Howler Brothers. All right. Well, am I like Howler Brothers loyalist? Well, no, because if there's something better came along, if you like go on Reddit and yell at people, no, like if if else. something better came along. Yeah. I would switch or I would go and get it or yeah. like, oh, maybe Howler Brothers like flannel shirts are the best, but what about like, they don't make a dress shirt or they do make a dress shirt. Okay. Well, you know, okay, I'll get whatever, you know, like, I don't care. I'm going to get that. I just want the best thing. I just want whatever the best thing is. I'm just going to get that. That's not how the emotional part of that works though. Right. You know what I mean? Like yeah. these are the, these are the pull-ups we use. This is the formula that let me go to work. Right. There's, there's those kinds of relationships. How about this? My family never, and this is real obvious ones, we never bought Pepsi in our entire life. We never bought Hunts, ketchup, ketchup, ketchup. We, we only right. ever bought Heinz. <laughs> we wouldn't buy a store brand. It was one thing my family, my mom would splurge on was like, because that's what we get. We use Tide detergent. I, I'm, I don't want to overstate this. She's not like dumb, but for sure. There were things that were just like never questioned. If 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 I didn't do the shopping, but if I came home with, at a point it was era, but like if I came home with, um, I don't know, Swirl or some non-brand of detergent, my mom would be like, "What is this garbage? This is not what we buy." So there are very emotional. Think about like people with baseball teams. It's you know what I mean, like yeah. the Utah Jazz. You know, it used to be the New Orleans Jazz, and they thought they'd be there forever. Mm-hmm. That's why in Utah you have a basketball team called Jazz. They don't actually, they don't actually love you. That's just where they play, where you build them up. I'm now I'm just being mean. No, you're uh, being. Brandless. It's honest. It's honest. Eh, eh, eh. I love everybody. I just want people to be happy. That's all I want too. Can I give you two two links uh, before we sign off? Yeah, give me the two. Because uh, we're running long now, and you got you're busy. Yeah, um, I'm super link busy. <laughs> number one is I came across this the other night. What was I here for? This is a GitHub user called uh, Extra Tone, and it'll be in show notes. And uh, Extra Tone has put together the Siri voice commands list, oh. and I discovered this the other night. How long has Daddy been asking? Please, I don't need you to like include every verb and noun that exists in the world, but I would like. Apple to provide Apple in particular. I want you to make a knowledge-based page with an updated version of all of the things that can be said and can be expected from Siri. Okay. This was last updated four years ago. Okay. Some of them don't work or don't work the way you'd expect, but some of them are a little bit mind-blowing. I'm just going to kind of give you just do a few off the top. Yeah, I'm looking at it too. All right. All right. Cool. Um, you can like, do you know, for example, uh, do you know that you could say stuff like, in this case, they're saying, Cammy is my lawyer. Abby is my sister. Bobby is my brother. Well, why would you do that? And what would you expect? And again, forgive me if I'm talking down to anybody here. That's real handy because now it remembers that Cammy's your lawyer. So you can say stuff like, call my lawyer. 
<laughs> that would be handy. Very handy. I do that for you know my family. Uh, it's really handy. Uh, there's some funny ones here we can skip over. Notes, that's a trash fire. Translation, very cool. A bunch of these that like I just, this is a whole section I mostly didn't know about, which which user extra tone calls dictionary reference and trivia trivia Siri commands. You can ask it to define things. You can ask it to spell things. Um, you could basically use it as a crossword puzzle solver. You could say, give me words that begin with V and end with T. I didn't know that. It's just dumb stuff. Like, I, look, I know this is possible with other things. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, did you, the user, know? When's the last time you used any of these? How many letters are in the word Mississippi? That's actually kind of weirdly handy. handy. How about this one? Ask your phone right now. Who's the world's tallest person? And at least for me, that returns the correct answer, which is Robert Pershing Wadlow. Like, right? Did you know you can say, I don't know if this is still true. I have an app for this. You can say show planes above me and it'll try to find the nearest airplane over your head. Uh, show the structure of benzene. What is the melting point of tungsten? <laughs> How tall is Mount Everest? Um, all the timer stuff that you can do. A lot of alarm commands and how to rename them, right? Like, why am I saying all this? Because they have done such a crappy job, in my opinion, of putting any wood behind the arrow of making somebody love Siri voice control. Partly, hugely, a big part of that pie is like this thing has just always had problems. And sometimes the problems go away for a while and come back in a different way and whatever. Like there's all, but even if we put all of that aside, if they were genuinely proud of Siri voice control, why do they do so little to show you how to actually use it as a power user? I don't mean, I don't mean just say create, wake me up at nine tomorrow, which you can do. I don't just mean remind me to buy milk when I leave the office at 4 p.m., which is a brilliant bit of, of programming. Like all that kind of, like all of these other things, like, and I, if you're being honest and you look at this, I'm not asking you whether you, this is so important, Dan, this is why I hate people. Mm. I'm not asking you to imagine whether you knew this could exist. I'm asking you if you and the people in your life know about and use these. And I think the answer is almost always going to be no. And I'm going to tell you why, because partly because of those tech hangups, where we are is like, nobody wants to spend time learning more about Siri because it's already been so disappointing. But, but, and God, with Apple Vision Pro, how is Siri not gonna be huge in using Apple Pro? Right. Have you heard about the keyboard? Not great, Bob. Like you're gonna need a Bluetooth keyboard if you wanna type. But like, as somebody who's really like you, you really got me into this, warmed up to dictation. The times I have to type now, I feel like a goddamn monster. Like I'd much rather do dictation, but <laughs> yeah. I'm, I think I'm unusual in that sense, but like the thought I'm trying and struggling to complete is like, if Apple's proud of this, they don't seem very proud of it. Not because they don't run ads, not because they don't buy, you know, billboards at the Super Bowl, but just because like if Siri, if they knew Siri could do this many things, wouldn't they want more people to know that? Or wouldn't they want you to get us, give you a subset of like, here's five things that might kind of blow your mind about what you can do with Siri. And again, act like you're not the smartest person in the room, listener, just for a second. Search WBUR podcasts. Set the playback to this to half speed. Is, are people out there confident creating calendar events? I'm pretty comfortable with it because I can say things like, uh, you know, um, 
say something, schedule schedule a meeting with Dan tomorrow at 9 a.m. Now, you got to go through the whole thing of like, hey, Charles, you have three other events happening on that day. And it's like, <laughs> all right, so now to turn that off, I guess I don't want to use this anymore. All of that stuff, so great. And then the find my stuff, like where's, where's my watch, where's my phone, all these. I'm putting this into notes. It's github.com slash extra tone slash Siri, and it's in notes. And, and the pissy thing that I'm saying to my dear friends at Apple, I love you guys, but like if you are proud of Siri, it doesn't show. No. I don't get the sense this is something you're very excited to say to people. Hey, you know what? If you wanted to spend a little bit of time this weekend, like here's five things that might kind of blow your mind that you might just want to try right now. I don't get that feeling from them. And then I have no. one more link. No, okay. And this is a money, this is a money paying link, but I'm going to put it in anyway because it's very germane to something you said. I am a member, subscriber, whatever it's called, to um Mac Stories, a website that Federico oh, Tichi yeah. and other people do. And Federico just released something that's been incredible for me. Because it arrived right as I was getting into things. And boy, did it ever scratch an itch for me. So if you're signed up for Club Mac Stories is what it's called. There's a link to this in notes, but you won't be able to get to the thing unless you paid for the full thing. But um, he has a series called Automation Academy. This is something called ThingsBox. ThingsBox, an all-in-one shortcuts capture system for the Things Inbox. So it does a lot of the stuff you you would kind of like. And what's neat, like if you've done this, if you've gone in and drilled down like a nerd, you've drilled down into settings, I think it's called, you'll notice somewhere in there called shortcuts and you'll say, oh, that's cool. Like there's some, here's some sample shortcuts. There's a page where you can try like their shortcuts. But, you know, you can do stuff like say, you know, you can add follow up to a task. Like you can say, this is, I'm now, right now I'm just telling you theirs. You can do stuff like, did you need to do save my location? very close yeah. to the thing that I was calling the bike log. And it will like give you a like location stamp for like where you are when you said that. Federico's is one, like so many of these, one giant ass shortcut that works. I think it works. It works for me anyway, on all the different platforms, especially Mac in my case, where you can add a key command or whatever. And wherever you are in the same way that you would hit the share button, the share arrow, mm -hmm. like you can like have you can send the web page you're on to things right all these different things you can have different key commands like this one i just want to be like raw this one i want to have all the data from the page or the selection like whatever it is but if you are if you care a lot about that and you've already dropped 80 bucks for the family of things hmm, sounds like a doctor who episode <laughs> if, you, if you've already dropped money on the family of things and you take this as seriously as somebody would take their milwaukee hammer i assume they make a hammer um you might want to check out um, these uh, these automations. It's automation because it's I use it constantly. Command Option Shift O. I think I have it as right now. I had to change it because it was clobbering something. Um, but yeah, it's really great. And like for you, uh, as somebody who's like trying to do stuff with things, <laughs> yeah. <look> at it. <laughs> things backs. If I do the funny voice, you know we're near the end. <laughs> things box. Book bag. <laughs> So these are some good links. We got four, four really solid links in there. I think. Well, um, when I run this through my dingus, uh, I'll, I'll, there's more that I said I would find, okay. and I'll try and find yeah, those. It might but, be more. Well, I think they got their money's worth today. Oh, oh they definitely sick. they got twice their money's worth. <laughs> uh, you multiply anything by zero, and that's back to work. <laughs> okay, let's button this up. I love you. Love you too, Merlin man.